Welcome to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. I'm your host, Robert Gerrish. Flying Solo is an Australian online community and home to stacks of free resources, discussion forums, professional development tools, and a whole lot more. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Wendy Pavey is a digital brand strategist who spends a good deal of her time helping individuals create a powerful online presence, particularly making effective use of LinkedIn. And she joins us from sunny Brisbane. Hello, Wendy. Hello, Robert. Look, it's great to have you here. And I know what we're going to kind of delve into together is how we can get the most out of LinkedIn. And I guess the place to start would be for us perhaps to invite you to give us a bit of an overview of LinkedIn and why a solo business should really give it their attention. And I think, I wonder if we could just use a kind of mythical solo business. Let's, ooh, should we have, let's say, Philippa, a bookkeeper, who mm-hmm. wants to grow her profile in front of maybe micro and small businesses. So let's just keep her in mind as we kind of delve into why LinkedIn? Why should we spend so much time on LinkedIn? All right, great. Well, look, I'm sure people know that LinkedIn is the world's largest professional networking site. Uh, In April this year, they hit 300 million members worldwide, and in Australia, 5 million members. They say they're adding two new members per second, so there is a very large potential audience there. Now, a LinkedIn member profile focuses on your work skills and experience. You know, you list the jobs you've held, the companies you've worked at, your qualifications. It functions as an online resume. And because it's all public, there is a strong perception that the information is accurate. And many people are using LinkedIn for finding a job and many employers are using it to fill a job. But for those of us who are in a small business, there is real value to be had with LinkedIn for our marketing. And Mm. there's four aspects to that. Okay, well, so I'll just be quiet and let's start piling through those four, shall we? Sure. Well, the first one is it lets us connect to people. Secondly, it gives us a platform to share content with a tightly targeted audience. Now, third, it can be a tremendous resource for information and ideas. And fourth, it can powerfully support our credibility in our field. So taking your example of, of Philippa, the bookkeeper, mm. let's look at each of those benefits and how they could help her. Okay, But fantastic. the starting point is always, and this goes for everybody, the starting point is her objectives. Now, like any social media, you can waste a vast amount of time and energy on LinkedIn. And if you aren't clear on your objectives, that's exactly what you'll do. If your target audience is not using LinkedIn, then you have to invest your time elsewhere. If you're selling to retirees, to stay-at-home parents, uh, to students, those groups are not well represented on LinkedIn. But Philippa is targeting micro-businesses and and we'll assume that her product fits the bookkeeping needs of those businesses. Mm -hmm. So yes, she wants to build her client base and making connections on LinkedIn can really help her build an audience for her message. So after she creates a quality profile on LinkedIn, and we will, we will expand on that shortly, okay. she can search the site for the names of people she's working with now, people she used to work with, who she did her course with, and so on, and she can ask to connect with them. 
Now, once you connect with someone, you'll see their activity on your LinkedIn homepage. You can see what articles they've posted or commented on, and of course, you can see their profile. This can be incredibly valuable ahead of a meeting or a presentation, or when you're developing a proposal, to be able to get detailed knowledge of someone's career history. You can really tailor what you're preventing presenting to that person. Mm. So can I just ask you a question there then? So the very first thing you're saying there is obviously have a very close look at are your target audience active themselves on LinkedIn, which is, it sounds like a basic thing, but I, I see so often businesses that clearly aren't doing that. So that, that's your kind of first point. And then interestingly, what you're saying is, um, is to pick initially at the outset, very carefully, the people that you connect with. And again, this isn't increasingly what we see, is it? We see people, or certainly I do, people that I think, why are you connecting with me? You know, what's what's in it for you? Do you, do you observe that a lot of people are not doing this very basic sort of step? Well, I do, but it does come back to your objectives. Mm. I mean, if you are someone with a product that has a very broad base of appeal, then the more people that can be in front of, who can see your message, well, mm. there is an advantage there. But, you know, Robert, that really is not most people. No, most no. people just seem to go into a frenzy of connection, uh, connecting to people who you can't see any sort of logical link. Mm. And as we'll touch on a little bit later, most people don't do the courtesy of asking or explaining the reasons why they'd like to, to connect to you. Mm. I mean, connections mm. is, is really critical um, because, you know, once you have connected with someone and LinkedIn calls that a first degree connection, their connections become your second degree connections. Yep. And the connections of those people become your third degree connections. And, you know, LinkedIn actually suggests these people to you. Yep. They have a heading saying people you may know. And this probably is, is uh, fostering fostering this approach where people just want to connect madly mm. but do come back to your objectives and say who yep. do I, who can be valuable for me and more importantly and I'll touch on this shortly who can I be valuable to yeah and I guess you now, know as, sorry as you, as you say you know LinkedIn do make this very 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 easy for yes. for us to connect and certainly what I observe is the longer I've been on LinkedIn the better those suggestions are so I guess initially they're just going to kind of chuck people up there that that may well not be that relevant to you but again what you're saying is just be cautious have a look are these the right people for you to connect with so anyway sorry I've, I've interrupted you enough you carry on no it's quite all right uh, I mean, you know, of course, you can connect with your family and friends, but it's so important that people keep in mind that LinkedIn is is not where you post photos of your meals or your nights out or your pets. You know, people regard it as a resource for for them professionally, and, and that's really critical too when you're looking at the information you put on there. Now, I mentioned another benefit of LinkedIn was as a key platform to. Share content, and this is so important. You know, once you connect to someone, they'll see your posts on their homepage. Now, you can quickly establish yourself as a valuable connection by putting useful information in front of your contacts. Mm. I mean, first, you do need to get in front of that target audience. And, and right now, our example of Philippa, well, she's only connected to a few people she used to work with and maybe a few clients and suppliers. So here's what someone like Philippa can do. She can start by searching for relevant groups on LinkedIn. 
LinkedIn organ it lists companies, it lists people, and it lists groups. Now, let's say she wants to specifically target alternative healthcare practitioners. Mm -hmm. Well, there are dozens of groups for these practitioners, and you find them just by entering those keywords in the search bar at the top of the site. Now, she should join several of these groups and just observe the activity. She can see which are the most active, what kind of topics are being discussed and so on. Now, let's say she's joined a group for acupuncturists and she can see that there are recent topics that include questions about acupuncturists having to run a business. Mm. So, let's say Philippa writes an article with a focus on providing useful information and she posts it to the group. Now, be aware that if you post an article saying, hey, everyone, I, I sell a bookkeeping program. It's awesome. You know, buy it. <laughs> you won't make any friends. You won't make any friends. You'll damage your reputation and you'll probably be blocked from that group. I mean, mm. some do have a moderator who vets contents, content before it's published. But look, our Philippa is too smart for that. Let's say her article is top three things for acupuncturists to do before the end of the financial year. Mm. The information is accurate, it's helpful, and, and maybe there's a link to the ATO helpline. It does not, repeat, does not try to sell Philippa's product in any way. Right. Now, each fortnight, she produces another helpful article, and this is to build her reputation as an expert in this area. And she'll do the same for other special, special interest groups in her target market, posting them all on her LinkedIn newsfeed. Now, this content strategy will organically build high-value connections because it's putting her in front of real prospects who are seeking her information and it lets her show them her expertise. Mm. They can easily look at her LinkedIn profile. They can see her skills and experience and she can talk about her passion for helping healthcare practitioners to take care of their business without distracting them from, her, from their healing mission. Sure. Look, can I just ask you a question there? Oh, this is fantastic. And I can, I can hear you almost turning into Philippa. So you've, you've got this so passionately, which is terrific. Um, presumably, I mean, do, do we need to concern ourselves with the kind of the reach that we're getting? Like, let's imagine, well, I'm assuming that Philippa would probably want to work with people maybe relatively nearby to her, at least certainly in the same country as her. Um, does that matter, though, is, if she's speaking more broadly, in your opinion? I think for someone, for a bookkeeper that is selling products that are going to be country and even state specific, then that is important. Mm. If you are selling information about, let's say, a leadership program that's developed, that's delivered entirely online, then you, you can have a global reach and, and LinkedIn will give you that. Sure. But okay. certainly, if you're providing services on the ground in a, in a tight geographical area, then one of the huge advantages of LinkedIn is that it will help you find people where you share the same location. Yeah, and, and I've certainly noticed myself when you look at groups, a lot of them do announce sort of in the, in the title of the group that it's a regional group or a country-based group. So I guess there's, there's plenty of, um, of little sort of hints we'll get like that, won't we, as we kind of delve in Absolutely. deeper. Absolutely. You know, when you're doing your research, looking at who's on LinkedIn, who's going to be relevant to you, then then you need to be smart about mm. that and make sure that, again, you're not wasting your time, you know, writing content for people who have no interest no. in okay. your content. So, in the again, in the case of Philippa, then, we've got somebody here who's 
pretty well starting to use LinkedIn like a blog to, to a degree. Now, we've made an assumption here that Philippa enjoys and is happy and is competent at writing articles, which, of course, may not be the case. It may be that she's just too busy to do that, doesn't want to do that. So is there a kind of a role still within groups that, uh, that she could fulfill that doesn't necessarily um, put that same sort of degree of burden on her? Well, yes, she can simply offer commentary if somebody posted a question about, oh, well, how do I fill out my bass? Mm. Then she can provide information. But honestly, if you're going to go to that trouble, then why wouldn't you turn that same information into something that can apply more generally and that you can publish more generally? I mean, I do understand not everyone feels comfortable with writing, but can I suggest then you simply record a video of you speaking? Uh, that sort of software is so easily available. And with, with quite respectable audio, you mm. can introduce yourself and instead of posting an article, you can post a video link. You'll, you'll see on LinkedIn lots of people providing that sort of material. You can do a and a or uh, have someone um, just present their their situation and you respond to it in that same sort of conversational mm. style okay all right well that's that's fair enough and I, and I and I guess also we could be sharing useful articles that we've seen that are relevant to a discussion not necessarily ones that we've written ourselves but I think what you're showing is there's a number of ways pretty straightforward ways that we can start to really raise our expertise show people what we're doing gradually start to build connections so where where to next? You know, let's imagine we're doing that. We're starting to do that. How do we, on a sort of daily or weekly basis, how do we kind of cultivate? To cultivate an audience, well, I mean, what I would advise is that that you get you employ that sort of content strategy that you present yourself as somebody who's got something of value to people and you'll find people seeking to connect to you so that they can get access and then of course I mean there is a a sales function here as well you want to drive people in a in a low-key way to your website for example Mm. and that's where you're going to have information about your product I mean one thing that is important about all social media is that there's a large element of, of trial and error. And I'm always wary of people who who have a, a program to implement that they can guarantee results. It, 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 it's not uh, that it's not possible to to be that prescriptive. No, okay. You and really I, do. You need to to try and keep track of your audience's needs and preferences. I mean, it, survey them if possible. If you've once you've got an audience on on LinkedIn and, and engage with them to see what are they interested in. You know, what frequency, what what gives them value, and so yeah. on. Yeah, and I guess it's like you know we observe this sort of thing on our forums where the the people that really I think understand how. A forum community works, and in and in, in so many ways, there are there are direct parallels with with the way that LinkedIn operates. When you see people that really understand how they work, that you can tell that they're those that are sort of standing back a little bit and observing for a while, not coming in all guns blazing, you know, but coming in gradually, making some short maybe, but 
but considered responses to things and finding their feet. I mean, someone ages ago likened our forums to a, um, a cafe or a pub where there's groups of people having conversations and what you don't want is somebody bursting through the front door <laughs> saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. You know, because all, all you want to say to that person is, you know, go away or other words. And it's the same sort of thing in LinkedIn, isn't it? You just you need to pace yourself. Well, you do. And as I said before, when you when you join a group or you want to just observe uh, and just see what kind of topics are coming up. I mean, if you join a group and they're only talking about acupuncturists for, say, you, you know, new healing modalities, well, your article about, hey, here's what you should be doing with your bass is not going to be a, a good fit. Hmm. So you, you do need to spend that time researching, actually spending time on LinkedIn and seeing who else is on there, who else might be doing what you're doing. One of the other great advantages of the site is that it does let you see what people who are your peers or your competitors, yeah. what they are doing. Mm. Okay. Now, you mentioned earlier on in our conversation that we were going to look a little bit more at, at the sort of the profile, how you put together a profile. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, again, it begins with, you know, wh what are your objectives? Mm. Uh, let's say for, for Philippa, she wants to build her client base. And, and the only way she's going to do that is she shows herself to be an expert who's actually got a deep understanding of, of the problems that, that her clients are facing. So she only wants to put on her profile information that supports that objectives. Mm. You know, or it's what you want to do is assess your potential content and think, well, is this going to show me in the way I want to see? Is this going to tell prospective customers what they would want to know about me? And you can quickly realize if it's worth including or not. So that's always the starting point. But the first thing that people see uh, your photo, hmm. your name, and your job title, which LinkedIn calls the headline. Right. Now, a photo is essential. If you want people to, to trust you enough to connect to you as a stranger, you must have a photo. If you want to look like someone who's substantial and credible, you need a professional photo. Because otherwise, your happy snap says, well, I don't have the money for a decent photo, but you should trust me to get your bass done on time. Right. <laughs> and similarly, you, you, a photo should not be a big fat logo. Oh, absolutely not. Well, that no. would actually be contrary to LinkedIn's terms and conditions. Okay. Uh, but I, I, I just don't understand that. This is providing you with an opportunity to connect to people as individuals, uh, human to human, yep. and, and putting a company logo up there, uh, having a kind of a company avatar is not not no, the way to that. so having so being having a photo that's kind of approachable and friendly is okay but there's a difference a distinction i guess between a, approachable friendly and look at me holding my phone up with my right arm but you know all by myself sort of <laughs> absolutely i mean you know i think you need to be smiling because you want to look like someone that people would would uh, i mean imagine if you're at a party and how comfortable you'd feel approaching someone who was standing there with the you know forbidding frown on their face mm. i mean you, you want to look professional and and that means for someone like philippa you know like appropriate hair yeah. and, and makeup and jewelry so that she looks like someone that you would come to discuss your accounting needs with yes you know, okay. she, 
she needs to look reliable and, and trustworthy, and that's what that's what you want to tell a photographer. Yep, quite right. Okay, lovely. So we've got a we we we're going to give some good thought to the image that we put on there, and then you say that the next thing is your kind of job description, and and that that's the bit that's at the top. So what thought do we need to put to put into that? Well, that that headline, as LinkedIn calls it, I mean that's such a fast thing to to fix, and it can just have a huge impact because the default setting is the title that you enter for your current job. So let's say if our Philippa lists herself as a company owner of you know P H Jones Proprietary Limited, mm. well that gives no clue about what she actually does and what she could do for people. You actually have 120 characters to use in those in that field. And my advice is to use every one of them. So think about if Philippa's headline says, certified bookkeeper, 20 years experience, I provide high quality, low cost bookkeeping solutions for micro business. Now that's 119 characters, including the spaces, and it tells her story at a glance. I mean, it's a visual medium. People will see that listing in anything that Philippa posts or, or comments on. So at a glance, people can see, oh, she's a bookkeeper and she does micro business. And that's what I'm looking for. So you are inviting people who want your information to to connect with you. It's it, well, I mean, it sounds so basic. And yes, it's done just so poorly, so frequently, isn't it? Well, it is. And... It, as I say, it's such a fast thing to fix, and it, and it can be extremely, you know, advantageous. Pay pay dividends over and over. Mm. I mean, there are many many elements to a LinkedIn profile. Uh, you can list projects, you can list all your experience, you can get endorsements for your skills, you can complete every heading, and LinkedIn will hopefully prompt you through those. But but do be aware that. Most people are not going to read through a really long profile. Yeah. I mean, again, what are your objectives? Just include the content that, that supports them. Yeah, and I guess, again, it's, it's like, you know, we, do, we talk about this a great deal uh, in our sort of marketing articles on Flying Solo and lots of conversations, again, in the forums about it, is, is talking with the reader in mind. You know, what, what can I do for you? What's, what's in it for me is what the, the reader, is the question that the reader, I think, needs to be able to answer when reading, when, when studying this kind of stuff, isn't it? We don't want to spout on about how totally brilliant and amazing we are. It's more how my work can help you. Absolutely. Mm. Okay, so we've got nice photo. We've considered our headline. We've got some intro sort of uh, introductory text, which is relatively succinct and clear, and and uh, targets our audience again. You meant you touched there on on recommendations um, and so on. What do you? What's your view of those? I mean, they seem to me um, to be quite a valuable thing to have, but also um, you know you can overdo it. Do you think, or what, what's your view on that? Well, look, recommendations can be very valuable. Um, LinkedIn, again, makes it easy for you to ask people to recommend you, but uh, that can be done in a very clumsy way, and mm. I'm sure many people have experienced that. Uh, you know, Just because LinkedIn makes it easy for you to solicit a recommendation, that doesn't mean that you should do so lightly. Uh, it's absolutely no different to, say, asking a customer for a testimonial that you're going to use on your website. You would only do that where you've, you know, you've got a quality relationship where, where you know that they're happy and that they're going to be happy to recommend you. I mean, if you haven't got that kind of relationship, then 
wait, wait mm. until you do before you say to someone, um, you know, we've loved serving you for the last 12 months. Would you consider writing a recommendation for me and my product on yeah. LinkedIn? I think that's such a good point. And I think the thing with this is, is um, and I totally agree with you, that because LinkedIn makes it easy, that's where I think some people fall into that trap. And I've personally lost count of how many people write to me saying, can you give me a, ref uh, a recommendation, please? And I think, how? You know, I, I met you once at an event mm. five years ago. In all honesty, how can I possibly do that with any authenticity? But I think the because or one, by the fact that they, they do make it so easy and it is so potentially valuable, I think as business owners, if we're listening out, if we're listening to our customers, if a customer says, Wendy, thank you so much. You've been so helpful with the work that you know, you've done for me today. It's so easy to say, it was a pleasure doing that work for you. Would you be kind enough? We're connected on LinkedIn. Would you, if I sent you a little request, would you please just put that in, in words for me and as a recommendation? And it's so easy to do, isn't it? I mean, I, I'm hoping you're going to send me one like this at the end of this conversation and I'll gladly recommend you. You know, it's, it's the relevance, isn't it? That's the, that's well, the key absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hmm. Well, look. Let's okay. So, with I know that this this conversation, to a degree, is, is is a kind of an intro to this whole topic, and clearly, it's something I know that you spend a, a good deal of time talking to a lot of people about, and and uh, in a very kind of detailed way. But I'm going to move us gradually towards the close. What other sort of do you see any other particular kind of errors or mistakes that people make that we really need to look out for? Well, look, no photo or an unsuitable photo is the is the biggest mistake that I think you can you can make on LinkedIn, and lots and lots of words is another mistake. Another mistake. I mean, mm. I've seen people describe their career history with the whole like, formal position description and, and KPIs of each role. It's just boring and it's irrelevant. What you want to take advantage of is, is LinkedIn's ability to add photos, to add videos, you know, to add website links. It, it's a visual medium, as I said before, and you can convey so much information with a photograph. You know, a photo of you uh, speaking at an industry event, for example, that has far more impact than, than the words that describe the fact that you were a speaker at such and such a convention. You know, it gives you the important information at a glance. I mean, I said before that people won't read your entire profile. So, so make it easy for them by mm. just giving them what they need to know straight away. Lovely, and use and use the breadth of the of the kind of services as you said there, using video, using photos, publishing. It's it's nice and varied, and and the more that we can sort of vary, the more interesting our whole whole profile becomes, doesn't it? Absolutely. Well, mm. video particularly, if you've got a little sixty second video introduction on your LinkedIn profile, and someone's clicked to that because they've seen a comment that you've made in a group, or they've read an article that you've made. You, you can start talking to them straight away. They don't even need to click to your website. Mm. That's enormously valuable if you're in a small business and you're trying to expand your customer base. Oh, fantastic. Now, look, Wendy, you spend a lot of your time, as I said at the outset, you know, working with companies, with individuals, helping them really develop a powerful presence um, online and offline. Um, and I'm sure that you know, you, people must have influenced you and, and do influence you in your work. I wonder, this is a question that I ask at the close of all of these podcasts. Is there, is there one person who's been a, a particularly strong influence on you in your life and your work? And if so, what did they teach you? Well, 
at core, I am a writer and the writer who has been the greatest influence on me professionally is Clive James. Uh, he, he is a serious poet and he's an exceptionally erudite person. And yet the writing of his that I love best is a, a decade of like, just hilarious television criticism that he published. <laughs> uh, he was able to sort of distill that hardcore literature and just write, you know, in beautiful language, uh, words that just illuminated even the sort of the crassest of, of television programs. <laughs> That's so, so true. I was, I, I, you've reminded me now of, of some of that, that sort of early writing. When was that? Back 80s maybe? Um, I think late 70s, early late 80s, 70s. Okay, yes. okay. So dating us a little bit there, Brian. <laughs> Only marginally, but so that, that's terrific. So and and so his influence. You still feel his influence as as you write and as you do things yourself. Oh well, I could <laughs> I could only ever aspire to to match uh, you know his ability to just craft a phrase of just shimmering beauty. <laughs> he really is. Uh, my favourite writer. Uh -huh. Totally wonderful. All right. Well, look, Wendy, thank you so much for sharing your time. Now, if we want to, as I'm sure a number of our listeners really want to have a look a little bit further into uh, the work that you provide, where's the best place for us to go? Well, I do invite you to connect to me on LinkedIn. Um, and I also have a website, compellingstrategy.com.au. And that site actually has quite a lot of resources for small business to give some examples, some, some real life case studies of, of how people can use LinkedIn to effectively uh, build a profile for themselves and to promote their products and services. So it's uh, all free to download there, so people are most welcome to, to, to do that. Okay, terrific. Well, look, I sincerely hope that um, you get a, a number of connections from the Flying Solo community. Thank you for putting in the amount of preparation that you did, particularly with our mythical Philippa, who I'm sure is, as we speak now, is busy uploading all her details and getting all those alternative <laughs> therapists going for her. But, Wendy, thanks for joining the Flying Solo community. Thanks for sharing your time, and uh, enjoy your day. My pleasure. Thank you, Robert. Thank you. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo. I'm Robert Gerrish, and we hope you'll join us next time. If you're looking to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, you'll find heaps of resources at flyingsolo.com.au and a supportive community on our forums and Facebook. Thanks for listening.